Hey, film fans, I'm Jackie Lynn here with Dave Demarest for our latest episode of Was It That Bad? The show where we watch films that might have a bad rap, but actually might be worth a watch. Buckle up for Speed 2. Nope, that's not a typo. There actually is a sequel to the movie Speed, but this time it's on a boat. In the original Speed, if the bus stopped, everyone would get killed. In Speed 2, if the cruise ship does not stop, everyone will get killed. Is it so bad that it's amazing? Painfully hilarious? Was it good enough for Keanu? But let's find out on Was It That Bad? Our guest tonight is Glenn Thompson. Glenn, welcome back. Oh, it's wonderful to be back. Thank you. For sure. All right, Dave, what do you think? Speed two, was it that bad? So if we were sitting in a bar and you asked me that question, I could just sum it up real fast with a one word answer. Yes, uh, this movie <laughs> this movie was that bad. Um, but for the for the sake of for the sake of podcasting, I'll I'll expand. This movie was like really tough to get through. I would say this is our seventh episode, I believe, and we just mm -hmm. did a podcast about a homicidal tire and vampires and the mafia. And I would watch either of those movies again in a heartbeat before I suffered through <laughs> speed two cruise control. <laughs> I just, let me preface by saying how much I love the original speed with Keanu Reeves. And the premise of that was that if the bus goes under 55 miles an hour, it explodes. So there was an element of speed in this movie. But in Speed 2, there's no element of speed at all. So no. I don't know who, who had this idea. I actually do know who had this idea. It's, it's, we'll, we'll get to it later and according to the internet. But so it's just a man who used to work in IT, in the IT department on this ship played by Will, Willem Dafoe. And he's just a disgruntled former tech guy who is dying of an undisclosed illness that they don't tell us but he, the illness requires him to put leeches on his body and we replace Keanu Reeves with Jason Patrick and then we get the chemistry or the lack of chemistry with him and Sandra Bullock and then we just have a lot of just terrible dialogue and just unmemorable characters bad scenes bad writing this this movie was just terrible to me and uh, I hope to <laughs> never watch it again uh, Glenn, maybe you could lighten the mood a little bit. What do you think? <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was I was watching it, and uh, I commend you, Dave, because you you t you watch these all twice, one for the sheer you know movie part, and then to take notes. And I was like, most of the time, one time is enough for me, and this was one of those cases. But the very first note I wrote was "Speed Two Cruise Control." This title, hmm, because <laughs> I'm just like sitting there going. I get that the whole difference here is that instead of it being a speeding bus, it's supposed to be a, a ship that can't get out of its, you know, cruise control mode. Sure. But there's just so much that happens in this movie where I'm like, why didn't you guys just do that then? Like, you turned the boat once. Why didn't you turn it again? Like, did we just decide to stop that that was no longer an effective method of dealing with the issue? or? or <laughs> and just... We'll, we'll get in the scenes, but just with the, the ease that Willem Dafoe's character, John Geiger, is able to just 
he just walks right into the the captain's pit in the beginning of the ship. I've been on cruises. There's like security you have to get through to even get into like the kitchen of a ship. This guy made it right into the captain's chambers and just was planning devices. Well, maybe it was this movie, Dave. Maybe it was this movie that did it. (laughs) (laughs) Just so, I mean, so many plot holes and so many nitpicks. Uh, This movie has a 3.9 on IMDb, which I, before my first watch, I was like, wow, that's really harsh. But I, that might be too generous. And <laughs> it also has a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. So oh by far, gosh. this is the worst Rotten Tomatoes score that, of any movie we've done. And I just want to know who these 4% are. I, I want to talk to these people and, and get, their, get their points of view. Because I, I can't see anyone watching this movie and coming away with it. Like, yeah, yeah I, need, I need to watch that again. Uh, Jackie, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm right on the same page with you guys there. Um, I felt like this movie was like being beaten over the head with a constant action of like a, like a baseball bat. <laughs> and it, it reminds me of how I feel watching like a really poorly filmed and edited action scene where there's just so much going on. Your brain just cannot take it in and you start to tune it out. And... It, it just loses its, its excitement because there's so much going on. You can't accept that all of this is going to happen. And the ridiculousness just does not let up. So it made it really relentless for me to watch. And combine that with a pretty bland storyline and you get speed too. And this is also, this is Sandra Bullock at the peak of her powers right now. But just listen to her 93 to 97. Demolition Man, The First Speed, While You Were Sleeping, The Net, Two If I See, A Time to Kill. Like, she, she could literally, at this point, was she was the number one actress in Hollywood at that point. She could have done anything she, want, she wanted. Um, the, the director from Speed 1 returned to this, uh, Jean Debon. He directed the first speed and twister those were his first two movies he did this and then he did i don't know if either of you saw the haunting with liam neeson Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay that was another that was another stinker and then he did the he did the second tomb raider movie lara croft i don't i feel like i did see that with uh angelina jolie and yeah yeah i feel like i did see that but i don't remember Mm -hmm. it so so after this movie and then that was the last movie he directed he never directed another movie again so this might have been the knockout punch for his career it it's it's a fast right because it's a fascinating there's there's there are some for me some really good rays of you know like good good rays of things in this movie that i appreciated and and one of them being sandra bullock getting top billing in it right she's clearly the biggest star this movie has william defoe is not far behind but the fact that sandra bullock took top billing on this and that wasn't terribly common, especially for an action movie in the nineties, like is a good thing, but she's also arguably the best part of this movie. So it's hard to go beyond that and say the movie's good because she's in it. Right. I agree. I this was kind of, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I thought they kind of, uh, victimized her a lot and they didn't, I mean, they, they, they used her a lot, but then, she could have been she had so much more potential 
like she did in, in the first speed. Right. She was she really had a key role in, in saving the day. And this one wasn't as much her, her boyfriend was saving the day all the time. Yeah, they kind of just made her an idiot. And we see that and I'm going to step on favorite scenes. Well, I don't really have favorite scenes, but I'll step on scenes. And uh, th- from the driving test in the opening scene, she's crashing into things. And they kind of just make her like kind of an idiot in this movie, which she really wasn't in the original. I think it's hard because in a way, yes, but in a way they try to parallel it with these moments where she does these really smart things. Like um, when Willem Dafoe, I mean, we'll just go jump ahead towards the ending because it's whatever. Um, Willem (laughs) Dafoe, you know, captures her and is trying to drag her away. And in the moment she reverses the winch so that, you know, Alex can come back to the surface or when they're on the jet skis, she has enough fortitude to like look down and realize she can detach this thing and, you know, push them up. Like she has these moments where she's clearly thinking through the situation, but you're right, Dave, it's paralleled with these moments where she just looks like a total ditz. And I don't think it's right to her as the kind of returning star of this movie to treat her like the damsel in distress half the time or more than half the time with the occasional moments of smart. Right, exactly. I agree. Yeah. And this movie had a lot of Razzie noms. Yes. Uh, it, was no- <laughs> it was nominated for Worst Picture, uh, Worst Actress for Sandra Bullock, Worst Supporting Actor for Defoe, Worst On-Screen Couple for Patrick and Bullock, Worst Director for Jean Demont, and also won the Razzie for Worst Remake or Sequel for 1997. And this was a year that we got Batman and Robin too. So it beat out, it beat out Batman and Robin. Uh, the, you know, it's hard cause this was a year when there was a lot of, you know, good action movies coming out, you know, like um, you get face off, which is unique and, and kind of, well, cheesy as all get out in a lot of ways, just a fascinating concept for an action movie. Um, was Con Air 97? Uh, let's find out. Let me get it. Yeah, Con Air was 97 as well. So there so, you yeah. go. I mean, you, you just, right, you, you can point to these moments where um, action, the action trope hadn't died yet, and the 90s was a powerhouse in terms of action movies, um, especially kind of bonkers action movies, and this one just tried so hard <laughs> and didn't get there. Fell really flat. Had a budget of $160 million and made, domestically made $48 million. Uh, worldwide made 160, but largely a, bo- a box office flop. Just terrible in all ways. <sighs> Jackie, did you look like you had something there? Oh, no, no, I was just kind of <laughs> agreeing with you there. It's just no surprise that this is a box office flop. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some of the reviews I found surprisingly, uh, Siskel and Ebert. And I'm sure both of you probably got this. Cisco and Ebert gave this movie two thumbs up. And yeah, and it was really, it was really funny. I was reading Ebert's review about it, and he enjoyed the film so much that apparently he had to frequently defend his position on this film throughout the course of his career. Because he really he liked it that much. But yeah, he, yeah. But he was very clear too. He was like, "It's a great summer action movie." I'm not trying mm-hmm. to tell you this is like Citizen K. You know, basically is what he was saying. Right. <laughs> like, right. Eh, okay. In that vein, if I was going to turn my brain off, I don't know if I would do it for this one. But I certainly have those movies where I will defend their 
awesomeness in the page right. feed. <laughs> I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do that later <laughs> when we talk about what we've watched. <laughs> I was looking through IMDb user reviews, and so many good ones. Yeah, yeah. What? Well, the first the first one I saw it was like Speed Two Snooze Control. And I was like, okay, that's 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 cute. That's kind of that's kind of funny. But then I I proceeded to see that about fifteen more times. And I, was, I was like, all right. And I don't know if all fifteen of these people thought they were the first one to write it. But I was like, okay, I'm not I'm not including that unless it's just to be ironic. Um, I did see one one star review, and it was similar to the one uh, we did last week on Innocent Blood. Somebody said, I made this account just so I could warn you not to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst wow. movie ever made Willem Dafoe plays the bad guy who used to work in IT and got sick I work in IT and I wouldn't do what he did <laughs> one star <laughs> okay I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is by no means the worst movie I've ever watched but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend it's like a good movie in my mind either <laughs> So this is this is our seventh episode, and I would say this is out of the seven movies. This is the worst mo- worst movie out of the seven. That's I don't know if it's the worst movie I've ever seen. It it could be up there, but but worst movie I've ever seen. I don't think I'm willing to give the crown to that to this on that issue. That's fair. Yeah. When we get when we get to ten, I'm I'm gonna rank them all and give give my final ratings cool yeah definitely top we'll do a top i don't know if this is the very bottom to. of the barrel yet no i don't yeah well let's see what are our next our next three i feel like this is gonna stay tops we have cable guy next week and mm-hmm. then uh, Nin, uh beverly hills ninja spider-man three after that and then halloween four i feel like this this isn't this isn't safe <laughs> safe territory you, well, you know, <laughs> but you're diving into i mean you're getting this fascinating fascinating um Parallel, you know, parallel dichotomy, uh, opposite thing here, where some of these movies that you think would just be the, the most atrocious thing you've ever seen end up being a lot of fun, and then you get into movies like this where you're like, ah, it's Sandra Bullock and it's an action movie. Uh, wait, no, that's not so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we we cited Robert before, and I and I, I keep going back to that, but it was like it was a bad movie, but it was fun to watch. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't like gripping the side of my bed, or like digging my nails into my leg watching this movie. Where I was kind of just like, I would, I would have like a pattern watching this this morning for the second time, where I'm like digging my nails into my knee, hitting pause to say, okay, I have 40 minutes left. Okay, we can do this. We we're gonna do this. I was I, watching I almost... the clock so much. Yeah, it's it's surprising though because we all sort of definitely are on the lower end of the liking at spectrum, but you get into like and this is such a hit or miss thing, something like Amazon. And it's got four and a, like four and a half stars in the user reviews on Amazon. Really? <laughs> out, out of, of five? 1,500 ratings, yes. Out of five, four and a half. And you just get some of them and it's like, um, you know, uh, this is one of my favorite movies. It's not my top favorite, but uh, it's still exciting to watch. I would act it out in the swimming pool as the hero when I was the child. And, you're just and like, I did see. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I did see when I was on IMDb looking for the ten star reviews. I'm seeing if I could find like any funny ones, and there really weren't. But a lot of people were saying, "Yeah, like what you just said, Glenn. This isn't the best movie ever made, but if you take it for what it is, okay. But why did you give it ten stars? 
Now I will say there's a, there's a flip side of that. And I, I think this is important for me is, and we can delve more into this a little bit, but one of the things I actually really did like about the movie was uh, one of the side characters was the, was the deaf little girl who, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. gets trapped in the elevator and then has to, you know, has to be rescued. And somebody did post a review and they said, you know, my 35 year old handicapped 100% blind and cerebral palsy son watches quote listens to this movie over and over and over it's probably his second favorite movie right so i think mm-hmm. if you if you took into consideration certain things like that like they cast an actual deaf actress to play that part in the movie that's immensely yeah. progressive for 1997 it's still progressive today in a lot of ways so like i don't want to rag entirely on this movie as just being total crap i think there's a lot to rag on but it, I would also want to just highlight the shreds of good that are here for the people who are going to go, well, they just hate the movie. I don't. I, <laughs> I just, it's it's an action movie in 97. And I, I, Glenn, I do, to piggyback off you, I do have that in my notes as a highlight. I do like the scenes with the deaf girl, the actress, uh, Christine Fierkins, yeah. who um, is deaf in real life. And this was her, uh, no, she did, she was in the X-Files movie in 2000, mm-hmm. but these are her only two acting credits. I do have in my notes here, her father was a dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they, he, and they did a great job with her. I mean, she she actually oh. has gone on since to get a PhD. She's a teacher at, at a deaf okay. studies school. You know, it's like she's she, at, at a, a, a college, a deaf studies college. And so she, she has certainly made it for herself in a lot of ways. But I think that bit of casting was just... Enjoyable, yeah. Wonderful, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at her IMDb right now. It says retired from acting. She's a ESL teacher, so cool, good for her. I appreciated her too. That yeah, was, those those were was... good scenes. So, so if people are out there going, "Oh, they hated this movie," well, we were ragging on it, but we could still find the good people. <laughs> yes, I had that as I had. I'm that glad as a you highlight. pointed that out. It might be my only highlight, but it, well, that's it is fair. That's fair. a highlight. It's a big highlight, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I. I I liked her, but I, as I've said before, like her, not her dad in real life, but the, the actor playing yeah. her father, he was like ragging on her. Too revealing. Yeah, yeah. He, he told her she looked like a clown. And, and, and like, what? Dog, that what are you doing? terrible. Yeah, that's awful. And so she does what all kids do. She goes and rides the elevator for like an goes hour. And and takes half. off. You know, like, I get it. That was like an I guess they need her motive. Yeah. Right. I was thinking of the scene in Home Alone where, uh, the uncle says, look what you did, you little jerk. And it's just like all time, like shitty things to say to kids. That, that, that lead them to do crazy things. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't get, we don't find out. Maybe there's a speed three somewhere down the line with where Drew's the bad guy. <laughs> the, my, my father called me a clown and it just led me to do. Today I'm here at clown college to destroy <laughs> all of you. <laughs> all right all right so we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll talk about our favorite scenes all right uh favorite scenes so i don't i have this in my notes as just scenes i don't have a favorite but i wrote some down that were of note i like well i observe the opening scene where we have uh alex and a high-speed chase i don't know what he's chasing. It looked like a guy in a milk truck who had VCRs or something. Looked like something from the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, they were definitely trying to amp up the action hero-esque nature of this guy. The same way they did with Keanu, number one, but in a, a bike chase? I, I, a motorcycle? Right. Chase? Like, okay. 
So it's like Keanu's not here, and they kind of explain that right away and by saying by Annie Sandra Bullock's character saying they broke up. So then they, I guess they just want to establish Alex, Jason Patrick's character as an action hero. We see him on his bike. They're dumping, the milk truck is dumping DVD players. Well, right. this is 97. There's no DVD players. VCRs or Super Nintendos out of <laughs> the back of the truck. And he's dodging all of them. This is in sync with Sandra Bullock taking her driving test. And she cr- sends a truck careening into uh, a traffic light. She's getting pulled over by three cops, and the, the the instructor seemed a little too calm with this. He's like, okay, yeah, no no need to pull over. It was just really <laughs> weird, and it, it just got the movie going. It's like, wow, this is not going to be fun. Yeah, she didn't really set the tone. No. What would you think of the scene, Jackie? Yeah, it was it was pretty ridiculous. And then, she's, um, then she starts whining when he, um, just after he's, lied to her about actually being what what is it like swat a lifeguard or uh he's on the he said he was on the the beach guard and he's actually on like swat or something and um he pulls out these cruise tickets and she's like oh don't do that to me i want to be depressed right now and i'm like (laughs) honey and this hey, just goes with the damsel. Homeboy's trying to get you some cruise tickets here. <laughs> right. Definitely Probably. the first cliche of that movie <laughs> was the like fight that they had post this scene happening, where they're like, where she's like, I want to be mad at you for a while. <laughs> like, right. I just, I mean, that, and, and the worst part about that is she just had a movie where she drove a bus for two hours or multiple hours, depending on how the time span of that movie works. I don't think she's that bad of a driver mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like i could see being maybe not the most attentive but she was literally causing accidents by driving right. this car in a little cheap but meanwhile she was able to maneuver a bus yeah safety. she was she was jumping holes and bridges in the original just just didn't make any sense and that's why i, I didn't like that they i thought they just frankly made her character pretty stupid in this movie yeah Absolutely. Do you guys think if Sandra Bullock wasn't in this movie and they replaced her with another actress, do you think it would still be the same movie or would it have gotten as much of attention or would it have worked? So when we do our, according to the internet, there's a lot of casting what ifs here. And Mm -hmm. I don't think, and we'll go over that later, but I don't think any of them would have saved this movie. I I don't think any replacing of an actor would have saved anything um there were a lot of interesting choices before jason patrick that we'll just we'll dive into later but i don't think replacing sandra bullock or anybody in this movie it was just a terrible script and i didn't even think willem defoe's acting his performance was bad i just thought the character was poorly written yeah he did he did phenomenal with a really bad role i mean yeah he did Yes. I didn't think he phoned it in or anything. I thought he was fine, but I just the character was shitty. They didn't really give him a backstory. It's just yeah. he got fired from a job because he got sick. They didn't even tell us what his illness is. He has a, a jar of leeches for some reason. I, why does he have leeches? I well, and and I think you know. I mean, you can. He he makes it pretty clear like he's the one who developed all of the technology for these ships, and then they cast him off before. It, it's kind of the same villain premise is number one and that he didn't get his retirement etc etc right 
but like it's a recycled storyline. It's exactly it's a recycled storyline, and the the being sick didn't really ring to me. I think as well as they wanted it to, for sure. Because he didn't look sick. He looked fine. He was moving around. He was, he was pretty. And athletic. also, it's a mm-hmm. massive ship. How does how does how does killing one person on that ship give you the like run of that whole ship? I'm not. Yeah, oh, you got rid of the captain. Okay. Nobody else is capable of running the ship. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure I buy that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they had uh, they had Boba Fett there. He was uh, he was like hacking the the entire cruise liner with his laptop, and he's typing in these. <laughs> These bizarre commands, like time to initiate now. Okay, <laughs> now. ninety-seven fiber optic golf club head those, laptop. Yeah, the golf ball se- bombs. Seventy-pound laptops that he had like three of. Like, how did how did anyone even lift that golf bag to right. get it into the room? <laughs> that that didn't arouse suspicion. Like, this golf bag weighs three hundred pounds. Oh. There's probably more than golf balls in here. But yeah, just uh, yeah, Willem Dafoe was fine in this movie. Just the, I don't think any actor being replaced by another actor would have done anything to save this. This this script was just a dud. Either of you have a scene of note? I, um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I'm stepping on everybody's toes. No, no, no I stepped on you. You're good. We're good. Okay. <laughs> um, one of note was where the people were trapped behind the fire door and um, they're trying to block the smoke with the vents. They're taking their clothes off and everything and <laughs> whatever. And um, Sandra is trying to find a way out for them and finding these dinky tools. And then all of a sudden she finds a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Every ship carries those in emergencies. Of course they do. <laughs> Definitely. And she's all of a sudden like trying to save the day with Dante, the ship photographer. And that was just really weird. Where and did he come from? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but he was ta- he was taking pictures of these people when they when right. they Who's taking pictures at the weirdest moments? Right. Like they, when she... they're trying to do the ship haul and, and they're underwater, he's like click click. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this was before smartphones, so it was just he had this big ass camera. She successfully managed to get the door out with the chainsaw and all these people are in their underwear and there's Dante just creepily snapping photos of these people. Just really weird. I just another weird thing. I could continue to harp on this, but yeah, just another weird element of this movie, but yeah, good. Scene. It was, I guess, I guess that was a, I won't say a good scene. I'll say that was a scene in this movie. <laughs> Either of you have another uh, scene? Yeah, I, 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 I have a scene and then a couple of lines that really got me. The scene is the the scene I liked, and this is not going to be a surprise after what we already said, is the scene where uh, they're signing to each other at dinner, and you're like, oh, that's really that's really sweet. Like, yes. you know, it's clear this guy is a, somewhere inside of him is a good guy, you know. Whether, right. Whether he, that comes out later or not is debatable. But um, some of the stuff, though, that was said in this movie just really hit me. Um, there's the the moment uh they're at dinner and the guy's like yeah fat busters because your body's a computer if you just you know (laughs) if you just give it enough fat you'll lose fat you're like uh okay 97 weight watchers i got it okay (laughs) this guy was running a pyramid scheme (laughs) he's the guy on facebook now selling you wraps 
<laughs> and it, there's just lines like that. There's another one. It, it, like the when the ship is first taken over, uh, Alex runs onto the deck and he's like, "Don't worry, I'm LAPD." Yeah. Wait, what? what? That, mean? that means like, nothing what? here. What you are mean? in the what middle of the. Okay, we're saved in international waters because the Los Angeles Police Department is here. What? But he... So presumptuous. Yeah. Like I, that I gives you privileges that. to just be there. The, yeah, uh, like I'm allowed to be in the cockpit here. And then there was a bit at the end where, uh, I don't know, I think they all realized they were about to hit the ship. And all of a sudden, like in succession, five or six times, everyone's like, oh shit. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! And it's like so cheesy with the amount of times people say that. And you're like, huh? Somebody didn't have anything else to write here. I have that, like the boat, the ship destroys the town. I have that in my scenes, just in the sheer ridiculous. That went on for about five minutes. It could have went on for about a minute thirty. And the countdown when you keep seeing like the the guy on the bridge is like four, three. It's <laughs> yeah. like five. Three and he's, dialing up there he's dialing it up he's overacting he's he's like this is my moment i'm, I'm going for the oscar here and he's like sex nuts like, I, I don't know what he what he was going for there but it was just a really weird scene and there's just some of the things that are in that scene it was just a, a family looking at a house there with a real estate agent there's just a little kid he's like mommy there's a big boat and the parents are the mom's just like yeah sure whatever and there's a lady on her phone she continues with her phone with her phone call while this boat is calmly <laughs> and then drops it. Yeah. I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, and then there's her the guy at the end. Was really funny. <laughs> yeah, <I agree>. yes. <laughs> the guy gets his an anchor dropped on his car, and he's like, "My car!" <laughs> <laughs> and then, the, thankfully, the dog, the dog, the dog, the dog, dog popped up out of it. Yeah, the dog <laughs> was great. The dog was great. The dog might have been the best thing. He the dog and the dog. and the and Drew. That's the the character's name who played the, the, the little girl yeah. yes drew and the dog well but you know and this was the constant movie problem of speed one had it a bit too but they played it a lot better the movie really didn't seem to know when to end yeah, yeah. um it just kept going and going. going and going and finally it's like the ship stops and you're like oh okay and they're like oh no it's tipping over and you're like guys this was I, 20 minutes more than I needed. And I messaged it, you guys the first time I watched this last week. I was like, this is two hours and five minutes. I was like, wow, okay, this is good. This is going to be tough. This really could have been like an hour and 35. And then it still wasn't sure. over at like the point of the boat stopping. Right. Yeah. We had the whole, we had the whole chase between John and Alex. Now that was a great cameo though, from uh, um, the guy from speed one. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> that His is a favorite is scene of mine is when he comes back he's like, I just got this boat. Oh, I just bought a condo there. And you're like, dang, man. Bad yeah, luck. <laughs> can't catch a break. So the, the stop boat the... was in Speed 1? Yeah, the guy the guy from the BMW in Speed 1 who like, uh, who, who crashed, who's, who Keanu Reeves takes his car and crashes it. Oh. Right as he gets on the bus, and he's back in speed too. And he's the guy with the boat and the condo, and you're like, the poor guy <laughs> can't catch a break. Uh, let me see. Let me see if I get his name. Glenn Plummer, the actor yeah. from Speed One. Uh, one more scene that I noted was when John Willem Dafoe's character kills the captain in just its ridiculousness. There was a light just swinging from the rail of the ship that 
Will John managed to kill the captain by because the captain kept moving closer to the lamp. He could have avoided his death by just simply taking two steps back or just walking away, just walking away from this <laughs> interaction. Right. Let me walk and get help. Literally. Yeah. This guy looks a little crazy. This is the guy who was 10 minutes ago. He was in the cockpit acting like he was shit faced. Maybe this just isn't the move for me right now. I could I could probably just go away. Maybe I could just walk away from this guy like I would any drunk guy in a boat. But no, he decides, you know what? I think I'm going to move closer to this lamp and possibly risk my impending death, which also, is what happened. How does he not notice that this other guy, Willem Dafoe, is wearing a captain's outfit? Like, he just walks up to him. Willem Dafoe's wearing a captain's outfit, beats him to death with the light, and the whole time he's like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. He's standing there. <laughs> Terrible acting. <laughs> just really bad and just totally on brand for everything we've talked about previously. Wow. wow. So I wanted to cite that scene before we moved on from this. Do you have yet one more, Jackie? I have one last one. All right. 429. Six five eight nine J. <laughs> it's my badge number. Now we really know each other. <laughs> and it was just so stupid because wow. I'm, they've presumably been together for a little while. I'm sure he might have left his badge on the counter at some point or on the nightstand. Like she probably could have just looked at it, and I didn't get the significance of this. Is it that important? Yeah. That, well, yeah, you you've been together. You're on a cruise together, and that's the time. I mean, clearly, she's trying to avoid the like marriage talk that he wants to have. But it just is so many ways in which I went. You two are a horrible couple, and I know how this is going to end. You're going to get engaged, yada yada yada. But like in real life, we'd run screaming for the exits when that happens. We just yes. would. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird, weird scene. Yeah. I have in my notes that I thought the movie would have been more interesting if he just would have been like, you know what? I don't think this is going to work out. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> and they, they break up on the boat. And then he was like, and then he just says, when Willem Dafoe carry, kidnaps her. Yeah, you know what? It's, 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 it's a lot of work. <laughs> he's, like, he's, got a, he's got a plane. <laughs> I don't know. She kept asking me for my badge number. Uh, it just seems like a lot of trouble. <laughs> she's her problem now. She's her, she's his problem. So many, just so many times throughout this. And it's like, I, I want to root for you both. You're supposed to be the heroes of this. But I just can't. I can't understand how you spent the entire first movie going relationships based on, you know, extreme circumstances don't work. And then you get together with the guy and then you break up and you find out the second guy is the exact, the exact same thing. He's, he's in the same unit as right. the original guy. And you're like, uh, I'm sure this will be fine. Like, okay. I, I can't have any sympathy now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Just, just goes hand in hand with all the, like the terrible dialogue plot lines that make no sense in this movie and that was just right there with all the rest of them and you know i mean you know it's a, a compensation for the fact that they couldn't get keanu reeves to come back like right. and i'm sure again we're gonna get into some of that with like stuff on the internet and whatnot but like th clearly they're trying to compensate for the loss of that character but it was just it just didn't work it just didn't work agreed 
All right, that's all I got on scenes. Either of you had anything you want to? Looks like no. All right, we're end scene on scenes. All right, so we'll segue. According to the internet, so let's let's do the casting what ifs. I have a lot of these. Um, Gary Oldman turned down the role of Geiger. And like we had said before, I don't think any casting swaps. Willem Dafoe is fine. He was good in this role. It was just a garbage script. I don't think Gary Oldman or anyone for that matter would have saved this movie. Plus Gary Oldman got to do Air Force One, which is hands down one of the coolest action movies from the 90s. <laughs> right, right. So I, I, I feel like, and this worked out for Willem Dafoe too. This didn't derail his career by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Yes, he was doing Boondock Saints two years later. He was American Psycho, I think the next year. And then everything else, Green Goblin came about three years later. Right. So he was he was fine. And no one no one really suffered from this movie. <laughs> uh, either of you have a internet tidbit? Just knowing that, I mean, Keanu uh, in 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 the in the first one, he I, I'm a theater person, and he was apparently learning Hamlet between the takes of the scenes in Number One because it wasn't a taxing movie for him. Okay, um, right. So Aww. he'd go on and do Hamlet after he was done with this up in like Canada at the Stratford Festival. For anyone who knows what that is, and then um, the reason he didn't come back for this one is he was like, uh, I have enough money from Speed One. And I just did an action movie like six months ago, and I don't think I can get physically and mentally ready. And everyone's going, that's not the reason you didn't come back. <laughs> right. Ch- he had made chain bad. reaction. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, Wait, I, I heard... Sorry. Go ahead. Go... No, go ahead. I heard they did, they kind of smeared him after that. They The studio was really upset that he wasn't going to return, and it was just kind of a solid no so he him. turned down he turned down twelve million dollars to return to this role, mm-hmm. and he went on to film The Devil's Advocate at this time. I watched an interview from a couple of years ago he did with Jimmy Kimmel, and Kimmel mentioned the they were talking about his movies that he's made throughout the years, and he mentioned Speed, and Kimmel said to him, "You know, there was a sequel to that, you know, just trying to like tee him up." And Keanu started going, not like angry angrily or anything, but he said. Yeah, he's. I really enjoyed working with Sandra, and I enjoyed working with Jean Debont, the director from Speed One, who returned for this one. And he said, "But I looked at the script, and I said, Speed, no bus, boat. This doesn't really. This doesn't really make any sense. He was sorry. I love you guys, but I just can't do it. He was prescient, is what we're hearing. <laughs> so this is, this is, uh, and another internet thing that I read was uh, Jean Debont." The director was like animate about this idea about having this movie be on a cruise ship because of a dream he had. This just sounds like something you read on the Internet. So I don't know if this is true, but it was on the Internet. And he had a dream about he was on a cruise ship that was taken over by pirates. And so he had this idea in his head that this is what I want the movie to be about. And although there were several ideas pitched to him. One of the ideas, again, this is on the internet, so it might not be true. One of the ideas pitched to him was that the boat had explosives in it that could not get wet. And if they got wet, they would explode. I don't know if that's feasible through science, but I was like, that sounds like a much better movie than what we got. Yeah. At least give them like a, like a tension point that isn't just some guy on the intercom, like 
telling them what to do. <laughs> and I, another thing I didn't notice, I didn't, we didn't talk about earlier. There was the scene where he's stealing. He's just randomly a jewel thief now. Yeah. Geiger, we, that didn't really. I don't know if they gave any backstory on that, but he was, he was animate on destroying the ship because they fired him, even though they have no idea who he is. He was likely just like a mid-level tech person, and now he's stealing. He knows where all these jewels are, and he's stealing them. So he's a jewel thief. I, sorry, I'm going on a, I'm going on a rant. This is another no, dumb, I mean, I... dumb thing that happened in this movie. I feel like this was written by like a twelve-year-old. That that sounds perfectly logical. He might have been twelve when he had this dream about the pirates checking this <laughs> this cruise ship he was on. This might have been a twelve-year-old's dream. That he, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's there's just way like like you said, make it make it like the ship gets taken over by a crew of pirates or something. A little Captain Phillips s type situation. Yeah, you know, I don't know something where you're just like, what's the what's the What's the get back here? Okay, well, they they didn't really stop the boat, so they kind of failed anyway. <laughs> right. I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't get it. Another, uh, according to the internet, I had. I didn't see the interview, but it, Sandra Bullock apparently said in an interview in 2000 that this film was quote the biggest piece of crap ever made. I'm inclined to agree with Miss Bullock here. <laughs> Um, another one, Jason Patrick, he only agreed to do the script. He only agreed to make this movie if there were major changes made to the script. So he said, we'll come back in three months and we'll, we'll film. But these are some, a lot of things I don't like about the script. I'm, I can only imagine he said the whole script. (laughs) (laughs) Red pen just down every (laughs) But anyway, he came back to film three months later. And there were zero changes made to the script. And they told him, you're contractually obligated to make this movie. And it was said to have been the most miserable experience of his whole acting career, making this movie. Could be, that was just another thing I read on the internet. Maybe true, maybe not be true. But thought it, it would make sense. I mean, you get stuff like, there's a one on IMDb that John Bon Jovi and Christian Slater are both considered for the lead male. Right. This. And you're like, okay, Christian Slater? He just done things like Broken Arrow. I could see that, you know, guy working in this role. John Bon Jovi, like this, might have worked. I, I, I mean, I don't think it kind of could have made it really worse. No, I just am more like, how, who, who looked at that and was like, that's the draw. <laughs> right, is a rock star. I, I don't know. I just it, it, I said to you guys in the chat at some point. I think it's worth saying here. This felt like the precursor to straight to DVD movies. This felt like the yes. the we can't really get the cast to come back. Well, we got the one person. It's like the Eugene Levy or something to come back to do <laughs> their role in this movie. And and you know Sandra Bullock's back. Pretty much everyone else is different. There's a few cameos of other people, but like. Shouldn't that tell you that this isn't gonna be the thing you think it is? I don't. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. Right. No. Just to piggyback up, this is something that if it happened today, it would have been like the Kissing Booth three or something. It would have been like a Netflix drop on a Friday, and maybe we we would have watched it on Saturday morning. But yeah, it certainly wouldn't have gotten like the big. And I remember it, I saw this in theaters in '97. This was like a big release. And we were talking about it like months in advance. Like, yeah, Speed 2 is coming to theaters. I think this was like a summer wow. 97. 
yeah, I don't definitely not something that would happen in 2021. This reminds me of something that you would catch flipping channels on TV and you just happen to pause and, oh, okay, Sandra Bullock, maybe I'll watch something, flip some channels, come back to it. Yeah, right, you know, yeah. Kind of, kind of a give or take thing. Right. All right, so I think that's all I had for internet stuff. Either of you have any? I think that's the big stuff. All right, yeah. All right, so let's segue into trivia. Jackie, you or me first. I'll go. All right, what do you got? This is kind of a, a funny one. Okay. An animal is flung from the wreckage when the oil tanker explodes. Is it A, an alligator, B, a cow, or C, a tiger? Damn. I this is this. according to the internet too. I, okay. I looked for it. I couldn't I couldn't find it. So I don't I was gonna say I was gonna interrupt you and say dog because there are a lot of dogs in that scene. <laughs> there were a lot of dogs. This um, is when he hits the oil tanker though. Man, I feel like it's I mean, I feel like I want to just go crazy and say it was the tiger. I think it I'll was go, the tiger. I'll go alligator. Oh, sorry guys, you're both wrong. It was <clears throat> not cow. Damn it. <laughs> what? Right, right. Hear me out. All right. It's an homage to Twister. No. I'm Cloud. No. Twister. No. Devon directed Twister. No. I'm going to, after we record, I'm going to type that into YouTube. I'm going to write Speed 2 Cow because I'm not going back to, there's, there's nothing you can get. You, there's nothing you can say to get me to go back and watch this movie again. But I'm going to type speed to cow and I'll, I'll message you and I'll tell you if this is accurate or not. I really hope it's true. You gotta, we got to follow. Well, it's like there's something out there like the trademark of this director is the helicopter shot where it pulls back and reveals the carnage that has been wrecked. And I'm like, what? A cow flying off a ship is not an homage to Twister. <laughs> I don't care what you tell me. <laughs> How do you think that went over? The 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 cat the, the Maybe the, the crew of this movie were telling the director, John DeBont, like, maybe this is a bad idea to have this cow in this movie. Like, no, oh, no, no, no. No, it's an homage. They'll get it. They'll get it. <laughs> uh, that's like telling me rubber's an homage to the movie industry. Like, <laughs> I'll buy it, I guess, because you're telling me. But, like, come on. Sure. <laughs> it's on the internet. It has to be true. <laughs> All right. So, as we mentioned earlier, this movie won the Razzie in 1997 for worst remake or sequel now i'm gonna give i'll lead this off glenn could take first guess and then jackie i'm gonna give you let's see how many do i have here one two three four five six eight okay i have eight winners of this same award and one of them is not a winner of this movie of this award rather all right so here we go Psycho in 1998, the Vince Vaughn remake. Book of Shadows, the Blair Witch Project 2 in the year 2000. Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle in 2003. Son of the Mask, the Jamie Kennedy sequel in 2005. Sex in the City 2 in 2010. The Hangover 2 in 2011. The 2015 
Michael, Michael B. Jordan remake of Fantastic Four. And 2018, Holmes and Watson. One of those movies did not win the Razzie for worst remake or sequel. Uh, win the Razzie? Yeah, all of these won the Razzie except one. I'm going to say... Can you just fly through them again, like, really fast? Absolutely. All right, so we have Psycho, 1998, Vince Vaughn. Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Project 2 from 2000. Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle. Yeah, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, 2003. Son of the Mask, 2005. Sex in the City 2, 2010. The Hangover 2, 2011. Uh, Fantastic Four, 2015. And Holmes and Watson, 2018. I'm, uh, I think I'm going to have to go. I, I don't know why. I think I'm going to have to go with Sex in the City, too. I think that one did not win the award. Okay, Jackie. Oh, man. These all are screaming for Razzies. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Charlie's Angels for fun. Okay, you both, you're both incorrect. The, <sighs> the winner or the loser, depending how you look at it, and I, I would not have got this question right if I didn't if I didn't write it because there's no way I wouldn't have not given this to The Hangover Two in 2011, but that was the one that didn't win. It was, oh, yeah, Jack oh. and Jill, the Adam Sandler movie where he plays himself and his sister, won the Razzie for worst remake or sequel. Didn't even know it was a remake of anything, but apparently it is a remake <laughs> of 1953's Glenn and Glenda, which was directed by Ed Wood. Haven't haven't seen that one in a while, but okay. it, it was there. Yeah, so that was the one. I would have said Hangover Two was maybe the worst movie out of all of these that I've seen. It was very, very, very bad, and might be one of the movies that actually lives on my like worst movies of all time list. Yeah, so yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, okay. probably not one I'm, I'm going to want to cover here. So if anyone's adamant about, <laughs> I want to do a Hangover Two pod. The guest host for Dave because he's going to take that week off. Okay. Am I go on a road trip. <laughs> Jackie, you got this. No, no double guest not. host. <laughs> wow, that's that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm so glad to hear that that consensus exists, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, we okay. got one more trivia. Jackie, go for it. All right, so we kind of touched on this earlier, but um, DeBont had the idea for the film after he had that reoccurring nightmare about a cruise ship crashing into an island. But there were other ideas for Speed 2 as oh, well. Boy. A, a train travels so fast that there's no way to stop it. B, a plane cannot ascend above 10,000 feet flying through a mountain range. Or C, a group of army men have to drop a live element, elephant out of a helicopter via a parachute. <laughs> so one of these is real or one of these is fake? One of these was a real idea for Speed 2. Okay, I'll give it to Glenn because I think I know the answer from reading about it earlier. I, I think it's got to be the plane. I think that's the most logical one for a speed movie. I'm pretty sure it's the plane because I think I read that earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's we're both right. right. All right, cool. That's right. <laughs> as far yeah. as sequels of Speed go, <laughs> yeah, that might have actually again, been an interesting movie to. That kind of sounds again. a little more suspenseful. Right. <laughs> a little bit you more at stake. The, the the one idea that was pitched to him, if these 
explosives get wet, they will detonate. If this plane goes above X amount of feet, it will explode. These are premises consistent with the first speed. Mm. No, we, we just have a guy who's pissed off that he got fired from his tech job. And he probably could have just got another tech job somewhere else. <laughs> it's a commentary on healthcare in America, Dave. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I didn't realize the deeper meaning. Yep. It's actually about healthcare in the film industry. Oh. <laughs> All right. So that was trivia. Uh, Jackie, what is something good you watched this week? I watched Malignant, and I've been okay. defending that movie all week. <laughs> I've seen you. And... You're not like hardcore on that. Yeah. <laughs> Defend it because I've been I've been so negative this pod. I'm I'm not even gonna say anything. Be positive. <laughs> so so hear me out. Hear me out. Uh, sure. It's um so a little bit of background. It's this horror movie where this woman um is I guess she's hearing voices and um, bizarre things are happening around her. Um, Gosh, you got to, it's kind of hard to sum up. I'm sorry. Um, But the upshot of it is that it is, this horror movie is intentionally goofy and it's directed by uh, James Wan who knows his shit about horror movies. He responsible for the conjuring franchise the saw movies um so um everybody's saying wow this movie was so terrible is goofy it was really bad acting what's up with the music um and it's actually i'm gonna get all film geek here it's it's a take off of um an italian genre it's called a giallo film okay and um, which is where you combine like elements of a detective thriller meets horror. Mm. Um, it's kind of like a pulp mm. type film. And when um, you combine that together with this, this um, kind of fun music and this, this bizarre storyline, yes, and the B-level acting, it's an intentional... An, in, an intentional movie. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I, you said you couldn't explain, but I actually followed all that. I thought you that got that. Awesome. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, and you can see the commitment to this movie because they actually built the sets. Um, <laughs> and the because there's a shot, there's this really amazing shot where they go over the rafters of the ceiling in a room, and you. It, it pertains to the ridiculousness of the story. And that one shot was like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this, Mm -hmm. they're really into this. They're all in. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and that's just something you don't typically see in films is a ceiling. That's really, really, because it's a kind of a waste of money. Why, why do you need the ceiling? (laughs) Sure. Um, Did you see this one? No, I haven't, but I will watch it now. I was not like, in any mind to watch it but that that may have convinced me to at least give it a go oh i'm really uh, glad so i'll, I'll take really a shot glad. on it okay. it's such a bizarre genre that even online there's like multiple ways to to describe it and define yeah. it but i thought it was a really entertaining horror movie and it if anything it's a fun watch Sure. Um, it was fun to turn the lights down low and <laughs> on a friday night and have some popcorn and watch it 
So, um, yeah, I'm still standing behind this movie. No, I'm glad I'm glad you're a defender because I told we've talked about it already. I, I yeah. watched it. I watched it Sunday night after watching about 12 hours of college football Saturday. And then I was on about eight hours of NFL on Sunday. So I, Sunday night football hit. And I was like, all right, I haven't watched any movies this week. Let me let me throw this on. So I threw Malignant on while I was trying to concentrate on a football game in the background. And it wasn't the movie to watch when you don't have a hundred percent of your attention on it. And I was, so I, w- I would watch it pause. And then I was on Wikipedia. I was that guy. I was reading like, okay, this happened. And I'm like, all right, this makes sense. And then I'm reading some of the reviews as I watch it. And it was like, this is intentionally trying to be bad. You explained it much better than I possibly could. Hmm. So yeah, I'll, I'll just go with you. I go with Jackie's review. Watch this movie. It was it was good. A it's lot of bad. people seem to appreciate it. I think I just watched it at a bad time. So I yeah. appreciate good. that assessment, Dave. I appreciate <laughs> that honest. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe it was me. <laughs> That's a good way to go. Speed two was not me. Malignant no, could have easily <laughs> could have easily been me. <laughs> to each their own. All right. Was that yours? Just just the one movie. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll plug Ted Lasso too. Oh, of course. Because Apple TV is awesome. Yes. Ted Lasso is awesome. My Apple subscription. And you're current now, right? You're you're with. I'm totally current, and Ted Lasso is like my new moral compass. Uh the so. scene with the scene with Roy hugging Jamie after Jamie's father left. I was like, holy shit! Like, don't do this to me right now. And that's all the spoilers we should give because it's so good. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna yeah. get me going here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll go on a. Our Ted Lasso podcast will be coming in a couple of years. Uh, sign <laughs> sure. me up. All right. Every right. episode. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Glenn, what's something good you watch this week? Uh, well, so first of all, I always love movie and then TV. And I will say one of the best things about doing some of these sequels is going back and watching the originals beforehand because I just can never ramp myself into a sequel without it. And Speed, like has its down moments but what a what a fun action movie if you want to talk about turn your brain off and just enjoy it for you know whatever 90 minutes or two hours it's it's great um but then i also got a chance to start diving back into community uh the tv show community okay and of course i've seen it before but like if you really if the year has been tough for you or if you're just having a tough time go watch community because you will feel better about yourself and you'll also laugh at the same time i think that show is awesome uh, really good show. I think I watched the first ten episodes, and then I think just life sure. got in the way. It it, it definitely falters some towards the end, but like, um, and that's debatable. I I'm certain that is debatable. But I would I think for a show about kind of humans going to a mediocre school, you're gonna you're gonna laugh even if you've never like been to college or whatever. You're gonna think that it's funny. I think so. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a good show. Jackie, did you watch that show? I did. I got to check that out again. I I just kind of dropped it for whatever reason yeah, and didn't pick yeah. it back up. But I think I'll take your recommendation, Glenn, and maybe I'll check yeah. that out. It's a good, it's a good like 20 minute show. Like if you just want an episode of short something, yeah. put it on and then, I, hey, you watch what you does. do. You know, so. All right, cool, cool. So I saw The Card Counter last night, stumbled yeah. into it stumbled into a theater this is for the listeners this is the new paul schrader film paul schrader made some films like uh first reformed the ethan hawk movie and also autofocus with greg kinnear mm-hmm. and also willem dafoe um so he's made a lot of good movies and he made this one it's about uh, a card shark and it's with oscar isaac tiffany haddish 
Ty Sheridan. And so Oscar Isaac's character is recently out of prison and looking to generate money. And he does that by counting cards in blackjack. He's also a professional poker player. So if you like movies like Rounders, this is something I would recommend. And even if you don't like cards, this is just a really well done movie. Uh, I thought Tiffany Haddish in the supporting role was excellent in this movie. And it was about an hour and 50 minutes. So it wasn't very long. So it was really enjoyable. Saw it last night and one of the better films I've seen for 2021 so far. I know probably a lot of people haven't seen this yet, whether or not you're comfortable going to a theater at this point. That's everyone's personal preference. But I, I saw this in a, in a theater last night. I'm sure it'll be streaming by the end of the year. So I saw that. And I also, due to peer pressure, I watched the pilot of Yellowstone. Oh. Oh, how is that? It was, Everybody's well, talking about it. Well, the, judging just by the pilot, it's really good. So I enjoy it. Kevin Costner is the lead in this show. And some people said it was like The Sopranos yeah. in Missouri or Montana. I forget what state they're in. It's uh, like, I think Montana, Wyoming, something like that. I forget. Montana, Montana. I'm on the IMDb now. Um, yeah. So a lot of people are in this. Uh, Kevin Costner, uh, Wes Bentley, who's been a lot of things in the 2000s. Cole Hauser, who we talked about um, the the character in Rubber, Jackie. Wings Hauser, the guy in the yeah. wheelchair. So Cole Hauser's in this. He played the villain in Too Fast, Too Furious. I know you saw that one, Jackie. And <laughs> she's give, for the listeners, she's giving me a look. Um, <laughs> so Cole Hauser is his son. And he kind of play. from what I got from the pilot, he kind of plays like Kevin Costner's enforcer because Kevin Costner like runs this town. And I only watched one episode, so I can't really give like a full in-depth analysis. But it looks like Costner's character, John Dutton, looms over this town and the characters in a similar way to Tony Soprano in The Sopranos. Yeah. So it looks like he looms large over everything. He's involved. With, they have cattle there because this is Montana. And he's involved with all the politicians. Like in one scene, he's having dinner with the governor. And it, it looks like it's a good show. I'm definitely going to continue with it. There was, I think, season three or four starts in November. And there's 32 episodes, so I got the first one in. So we're chipping away. I'm definitely going to keep up with it. Do either of you watch this? I've seen the beginning of the pilot. It just was like one of those. I, I liked it, and then I just didn't have a chance to keep going with it. But it got it. Was, yeah, I, I was intrigued, and we'll be going back to it for sure. All right, cool. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Curious. Okay. I have to be yeah, careful, because yeah. Peacock is like a free service that I get like, with right. the internet. And so like it's the one I always forget about. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh. Right, I have that, and I should watch stuff on it. <laughs> right. I've been hearing people talk about this for the last year, and I was like, yeah, eventually. It was like one of those, like, I didn't watch Breaking Bad until season five. Right. It was just, I was like, all right, one more person just talked about this. I was like, fine, screw it. I'm going to watch this. <laughs> and then you're yeah. glad you did. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Jackie, where is someplace people can follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Jackie Lynn 99.5. Okay, excellent. Glenn, what about you? Where can we follow you? Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Both uh, are at uh, Glenn Thompson 11. Uh, and my name will be spelled in the show notes if that is something you need, I would think. And then also, um, you know, I'm, I'm around on Facebook at various places. So if you're in the movie group, which we'll talk about, I'm there too. So. 
Absolutely. And you could follow me at DDEM2000 on both Instagram and Twitter. You could follow the sh- uh, the Instagram for this podcast at Was It That Bad Pod, all one word. And if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it, all the episodes so far, please subscribe and rate us. That helps other people find our show. Yes, so that please. would be super helpful to us. And if you would like to talk about this movie or any movie or TV show with myself, Jackie, Glenn, or hundreds upon hundreds of other great people, you can join the Movie and Television Talk Facebook group. Just type that into a group search, and we are the red cover photo. Would love to talk to you. Guys, thank you for listening. Jackie, Glenn, pleasure as always. Jackie, what are we doing next? We're doing Cable Guy. All right. I'm much more excited to Jim watch Jim Carrey, yeah. Yes, excellent. Right. Directed by Ben Stiller. Sorry, Matthew oh, I Broderick. I forgot and... about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I thinking of this. this movie in years. It's been a minute, so I'm looking forward. I'll be looking forward to uh, again on that one. And we'll find out if you missed missed out on years of enjoyment or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Guys, Glenn, thanks for coming. Jackie. Good times as always. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening.